0: Welcome to the Companies to Watch show. I'm Kevin Harrington, the creator of the infomercial. I'm also one of the original sharks on the hit TV show, Shark Tank. But now I'm helping innovate leaders like you become equipped with the knowledge you need to more than 100x your success. For more than 30 years, I've been empowering entrepreneurs and innovative business leaders to turn dreams into mind-boggling reality. On this show, we talk with guests and reveal the secrets to help push past all your questions and excuses, empowering you to achieve success. Stick around to the end of the show, where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing entrepreneurial podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go.
1: Hello and welcome to the Companies to Watch show. I'm Jeff and today we have the privilege of talking to a gentleman who has been a prolific fix and flip entrepreneur for nearly two decades and now helps others do the same as founder and CEO of DoHardMoney.com. Ryan Wright, welcome to the show.
2: Hey Jeff, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Hey, we are grateful that you took the time. Tell us a little bit about Do Hard Money. What do you guys do there?
2: Man, we do we do a bunch of stuff. We uh, help fund projects, um, mainly single family house fix and flips or or bird type deals. We have software, we have tools and resources to help people get in the game um, or to do more with what they currently have.
1: Awesome. And so how long have you've you been doing that? How long has do hard money been going on there?
2: You know, do hard money's been around for probably a little over a decade. Um, but I've been in the real estate and real estate investing space for almost, well, I hate to admit it, but 21 years now.
1: Yeah. And so what what drew you to this uh this type of business? What were you doing before that?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I'm kind of one of those weird guys where I was. I was always on interested in entrepreneurship. So when I was in high school, I got work release and was able to start a little company of my own. Um, and uh, where I cleaned carpets, had a little carpet cleaning company, and uh, I was able to sell that. And then I started doing mats and matting, and got nominated for a governor's award when I was in high school, which was super wow. cool. Uh, but I always wanted to get into real estate. So I saw my grandfather was an HVAC contractor. My dad was a chiropractor that bought. Rental properties and fix them up and rented them and just knew that uh, financial freedom came from uh, getting getting passive income coming in and so I always had a passion for for that.
1: And it's and I was reading on your bio that there's a you started out. uh, It's really your work ethic that kind of uh, got you. This isn't some get rich quick scheme, right? (laughs) This is something that you work really hard at, and I want to hear the story about uh, making. Cold calls from two landlines at the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I first got started, I didn't know where to start. And that's kind of one of the reasons why we've built do hard money. But um, I became a real estate agent. and I figured, you know, what else do you do? You become a real estate agent. So um, I also convinced my um, girlfriend at the time, my now wife of over 20 years. Uh, to do the same thing. And so what happened is I was doing loans. Uh, this is back before there was mortgage licensing and all this stuff. And back before there was phone dialers. And so I can actually dial better with my left hand than my right hand now, if I'm, if I'm doing phone <laughs> numbers, because I had two, you know, the old, the old style people that are too young, won't even realize that the whole secretarial, it has like the foam on the back so you can hold it. And I could dial the two lines. And I, basically what I did, I called renters and I just said, Hey, would you be interested in buying a house for the same or less than you're paying in rent? Mm. Um, and there's all these benefits to that. There's tax write-offs, there's appreciation, you know, you pay the loan down. Um, and people would say yes. And then my, uh, my, my wife, girlfriend, um, ended up uh, going and showing them properties. And uh, that's kind of how we got started. We started buying rental properties ourselves. Um, and then uh, as, as time went on, we started helping people flip properties and flip properties ourselves. And then we started lending. And then we got into building tools and resources to help make that easier, and more successful. But yeah, it, it's not a get rich quick. I think all, all um, overnight successes are 10 years in the making.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what I want to emphasize. I mean, it took, obviously it takes work. There's still a lot of work involved, but you guys are able to help make the process a little easier for folks. Tell, tell us how you can do that.
2: Well, I think it really starts with understanding the fundamentals. Um, so we call it the basics, which is just understanding real estate and real estate investing as a whole. Um, real estate investing is not about like trying to convince somebody to sell their property for a whole lot less than what it's worth. Um, it's really about understanding real estate and understanding opportunities. And there's multiple strategies. So you've got your uh, fix and flip strategy that's really popular. You've got your wholesaling strategy that's very popular. Uh, you've got your Burr strategy, which is your buy, renovate, rent, and refinance strategy. And then you've just got your traditional rental property strategy. So we like to cover those and help educate people. Uh, but then from there, you actually have to put it to action. So then it's like, how do you go and implement this? And so um, we look for people that have money and motivation Um, meaning they have equity in their property and they have motivation. So for example, a divorced couple, Uh, that may be going through a divorce and they just want to split ties and not have any relationship moving forward, they may be interested in taking a little bit of a discount for the convenience of walking away. And that might be a great opportunity for investor to come in, especially if that property is in really bad shape um, because they're going to have a hard time selling that to another buyer. Um, A a little thing most people don't realize is you can't just go to the bank and get a loan if the property is in need of work. Um, So if the property's in bad condition, Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all those guys, they won't lend on the property. Um, They only lend on properties that are inhabitable. Um, If there's some reason it looks bad, you can't get a loan from those guys. And that's where a hard money lender comes in.
1: Interesting. So tell me a little bit about some of your clients. What have been some specific ways that you've helped them?
2: Yeah. So one of the things we, we help a lot of people with is putting this strategy together. So we have what's called a next deal blueprint. And what we do is reverse engineer success. So we say you're here and you want to get here. For example, let's just say um, you want to do your first deal. Maybe it's a fix and flip deal you want to do. And so we reverse engineer it. So the question is, if you want to do one deal, how many appointments do you need? how many prospects do you need? How many doors do you need to dock? How many phone calls do you need to make? And so we reverse engineer the success and put weekly homework assignments together so that you know, like, if I do these things, statistically, I'm going to end up with good things at the end. Now it may be shorter. It may be longer. I mean, your first phone call may turn into a deal. That's pretty rare. Um, and it maybe you're, you know, double what you think, but at least it gives you, a, I, I look at it as a North star. It's a direction to be heading in. Um, and then we have the tools and resources, the software and those types of things to actually help you fulfill on that strategy of getting where you want to want to go.
1: Yeah. What would you say has been the hardest part of your entrepreneurial journey?
2: Um, I think the, the most difficult thing is courage. Um, I think it's easily overlooked. Um, it is when you watch the, the fun TV shows, which we all love, the fix and flip shows and all that stuff. They're so entertaining, mm. um, but they leave out this whole element of like finding a deal. It's usually like finding a deal happens in the first like, 20 seconds of the show, the phone rings and a deal's there. Um, But what happens is when you're really trying to find a deal, it takes a lot of time. You'll spend more time finding a deal than you'll ever spend rehabbing or reselling it. And so I think that's where the courage comes in because you've got to have some faith. Like if I do the right things over a long Mm -hmm. enough period of time, then I'll end up with that deal. And I think it's easy to give up too early. Um, I know for myself, it's easy to kind of doubt yourself going through it. And you kind of have to trust the process and be like, I've reverse engineered success. I need to work in the right direction. And I need to have a little faith as long as I'm doing the right things and the right strategy with time success will follow. But just having the courage to do that and plow through it. Um, is is probably, I think, one of the most challenging things, especially when people are in your ear saying, oh, you know, you've tried 10 other things and they never worked or this didn't work. And so just having the courage to plow through that, um, I think is probably one of the biggest um, struggles, both for myself and I see in others.
1: And how, as a business leader, how do you, how do you personally define success? Like, when do you feel like this is, This is what I'm, you know,
2: I have arrived. Yeah. (laughs) I, I think that that's a really difficult question because, um, early on in my career, it was like, well, if I made this much money, I would be successful. And mm. so one of the big things I was looking for early on was I wanted cash flow. And so it was like, you know, if I had $5,000 of cash flow, I've like made it in life. And then I got $5,000 of cash flow. And I'm like, I don't really feel like I've made it in life. And so it's like, well, if I had $10,000 of cash flow, i or Or 7,000, you know, kind of work your way up. And so I think there's, there's this whole element of fulfillment. So of course, everybody needs to have um, finances, right? You need to be able to take care of your needs. But There's a lot of studies that are like, once your basic needs are taken care of, um, the difference of income increase over that really isn't proportionate to happiness. Um, So I think it's it's more of an altruistic of like making a difference in the world, uh, leaving a mark. Um, I mean, I get excited to see our customers have serious success. We celebrate those, we, you know, we get excited about it, but our whole team is working to help somebody have success. And so it's really cool to see somebody overcome those obstacles, push through the challenges, have the faith and the courage to take some action, especially when there's huge adversity. Um, I find a lot of fulfillment in that. Um, But I think when it all boils down to it, I mean, success for me is really uh, no, 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 it's, it's in the home, right? So it's my two boys. It's my relationship with my wife. I see a lot of entrepreneurs that end up, you know, losing the relationship with their kids, with their spouse and that type of stuff all through this journey. And if you really step back and think about it, most spouses are not like, I really wanted them to go become a multi-millionaire or something like that. Really. I just wanted them to, be fulfilled and have good conversation and, you know, be a part of the family. And so I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up in the, in this destination of like, I'll be happy when I get here. um, But they forget the journey along the way.
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, that you guys do differently to kind of set yourself apart and distinguish yourself from competitors?
2: Yeah. So one of the big things for me is I don't like to compete on prices. Um, so, I mean, money is a, can be a commodity business where it's all about who has the cheapest rate Mm -hmm. and, um, we don't have the cheapest rates and we never are going to have the cheapest rates. Um, but we have other services that other people can't fulfill on. For example, we have Multiple software's. We have an advanced deal analysis software. We have finding software. We have tools and resources. We, have, you know, we have re- reverse engineer the success. And so, what we've done to differentiate ourselves from the competition is we've added, created a whole bunch more value, um, and we charge for that. But people are willing to pay for it. So um, we're kind of in between two business models. There's kind of like the coaching, and you know, pay a bunch of money, and somebody will coach you. And then there's like the the lenders, and the lenders all compete on pricing, and the coaching all competes on, you know, trying to get somebody in at a a high ticket price and those things. And so we're kind of in the middle. Um, so we kind of are able to play, um, our own game. We realize our customer isn't looking for the cheapest price. If that's the case, they're probably not a customer for us. Um, Mm. And that person's more of a experienced investor that's doing a whole bunch of deals that should be getting um, different pricing models. So I think for us, it's been differentiating and not trying to get into a competitive marketplace where price is everything. And I see a lot of businesses where it's like, who can have the cheapest price Um, which is a game to play or it can be a a differentiator, but it's a tough one, especially for small businesses. Unless you're the Walmart of the world, it's really hard to compete on price.
1: What are you most excited about what you guys are doing right now? Like what kind of new things do you have going on?
2: So we're working on a couple of new uh, softwares that we're going to be rolling out, which is is really cutting edge. Um, So one of the biggest challenges for new fix and flippers or those in the real estate business is how you go about your rehab process. And so we have a new standardized uh, format that we're going through with uh, scoping out bids and projects. And we're coming out with some new technology around that about timeframes, which basically will give homework assignments to a general contractor. Like this is the project plan. This is how fast it needs to be done. And here's the clipboard you can put up. So your subcontractors and you guys know exactly where we're at and why it didn't get done with weekly video follow-up meetings, um, which is exciting for our investors, it's exciting for our borrowers. We have project managers that help new borrowers go through the process. So um, I, I get geeked out on stuff like that because I can see how it can revolutionize things. It's it's disruptive in the marketplace.
1: Yeah. And was there a timeframe for that? Is it ready to go? Is can people sign up for that now or
2: uh, not right now. It's we're, it's going to be included in our overall package. So mm. it's not going to be anything additional. So I think we're 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 we'll start demoing it in the next two to four weeks. And so I'm hoping within the next two months, um, we'll be ready to go live with that. Um, but we'll start it out and do some trial and error, and then kind of roll it out. But we've been working out for a while now. So
1: now know you've written a couple of books too. tell me about those.
2: Yeah, I have. So I've got a, a few books. One of the books is how to get more money than you can ever handle a real estate investors guide to funding deals. Uh, so it's on Amazon and, and borders and I don't know. It's kind of funny to see your book there. <laughs> you know, it's like I wrote that, so yeah. it's kind of cool. But it's a, it's all about how to get in the game of real estate. I've got a book that was really popular in 2008 on short sales, um, which uh, is not something that's uh, really that much in the market, but could be coming back here uh, maybe next year sometime, depending upon what what market trends do.
1: So, what um, if somebody wanted to find out more, get in touch with you guys? Where would they go? What would they need to do?
2: Yeah, come check out our website. Uh, just go to dohardmoney.com, D-O-H-A-R-D-M-O-N-E-Y.com and check us out. You can do an assessment. Um, you can book a time to talk to one of our advisors and see if we might be a good fit for each other. Um, we're not a fit for everybody. And we're really specialized in what we offer and who we like to work with. And we want to make sure it's going to be good for you, good for us um, all the way around.
1: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. So if I, if I am somebody who wants to get into this, like what, what, Kind of relationship are you looking for? Like, what should I already know or have in line to kind of get started with you guys?
2: Great question. I think for us, the biggest things is time, a little bit of money, and some motivation. Um, so if you can't dedicate uh, at least ten to fifteen hours a week to working on your real estate uh, investments. Then it's probably not going to work unless you want to partner with somebody that has that. You know, maybe it's a father-son combo or you know, husband and wife or something like that. But somebody's got to put in that, you know, 10 to 15 hours of work every single week um, dedicated to real estate investing. That can be nights, weekends, whatever the case is. So there's that. Um, as far as investment, I think you've got to have somewhere around five thousand dollars, give or take. You're going to need some money for some marketing. You're going to need some money for some software. You're going to need some money for some inspections and a few things like that. So around five thousand dollars, and that could be, you know, that could be leveraged. That could be money that you've gotten um, in, in a leverage situation or partnership situation or money you've just got in the bank. And then motivation really comes down to having the tenacity to work through it. Because um, in the end, just like with anything in life, if you don't, you know, work through it, if you don't follow through, if you don't do the steps, you'll never have the success. And so, we really want to have people realize that upfront and um, be willing to put in that work and commit to do that type of work, put in those hours, and do the right strategies, follow the system, because um, those are the ones that uh, have great success stories. And we have film crews go out and film them, and it's uh, it's really exciting. That's the stuff we celebrate.
1: Awesome. Now, what do you think is one of the biggest lessons you've learned that really impacts how you lead as a, as a business leader, like the, that how you run your company now, like the biggest lesson you've learned?
2: Oh, that's, a, that's a tough one because um, I think leadership is something that is continually learning. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, so I, I don't think you ever stop learning as a leader, but I would say um, leading from the front. Um, making sure I don't ask people to do things that I'm not willing to do myself um, and not being too good for anything. Um, I'm willing to clean the toilets. Um, It may not be the best use of my time to clean the toilets, but I'm not going to I'm not going to ask somebody to do something that I'm not willing to do. Um, The other thing is I like uh, I have a little principle called leadership by walking around. And so I like to walk around and talk to people. So I listen to calls and, like, hey, why'd you do this? What happened here? And uh, I like to understand. Um, it's kind of the old Stephen Covey, you know, seek to understand before being understood. Um, it's understanding where their perspective and those things are coming from before I offer, um, my, my position on things, um, because that may be altered. Cause there may be new information. Um, I'm also really big on like crucial conversations and starting with heart and understanding, you know, coming from a good place. Um, I'm not, I'm not a guy that gets upset. I'm not a yeller or a screamer, you know, that type of stuff. I just don't believe in that type of motivation, um, I believe in inspiration and helping people achieve their their best potential, um, and also challenging people of saying, "Hey, you're here. This is where we need you to go. What can I do to help you get there?" Um, and um, and inspiring. That's that's really the direction I like to lead from.
1: Now you mentioned earlier that I think that that you have kids. I uh, do. What I do. Uh, when you're not helping people I, change their lives and in uh, <laughs> finding new career paths, uh, what do you like to do? Uh, what interests and hobbies do you
2: usually? Oh man, I, a, a bunch. Uh, so, I love to snow ski. I live in Utah. So, snow skiing is definitely up there, uh, especially on a nice powder day. Um, mm. We love to fish. My I've got a son that loves to fish. Both my boys, I taught to ski, which I'm really proud of. Uh, you know, from the ground up, you know, I'm like, this is how you ski. So, I, I hope they'll teach their kids how to ski someday and say, I taught them, you know. Um, so, I love to do that. We love to do a little fishing. We love to be in the outdoors. The mountains are so close to us and so beautiful. So, we spend quite a bit of time up in the mountains. Love to be on the water. Uh, love to travel, um, so I have a very full, <laughs> a full and rich life uh, in a lot of aspects.
1: And would you say that entrepreneurship has allowed you to have that kind of work-life balance that you really? Is that one of the reasons that you have chosen kind of to run your own business?
2: Yeah, I think it's hard. So that's kind of I think one of the maybe entrepreneurial struggles is a lot of entrepreneurs get in business so that they can have flexibility and freedom, but then they you create um, maybe a monster that you have to feed. Mm. And so that's a constant struggle, I would say. Um, I'm fortunate at the point I'm at right now where I'm able to have a little more time flexibility, um, but it's a constant balance and juggle of like, I did this so that I can have more freedom. Um, So I've got to make sure I schedule that and take advantage of that. Um, There's also this whole concept of like letting your team Um, do some things and not micromanaging them. And so stepping away and and letting them lead is also can be challenging. It's challenging for me. I know it is for other entrepreneurs, but um, there's definitely more time and financial flexibility in entrepreneurship if you do it appropriately. Um, But it's a challenge. I mean, I feel bad if I'm leaving and my team's in a big mess or a big project. I'm like, Mm -hmm. guys, I'm going to go skiing. Um, But then I've got to remind myself, you know, I'm willing to do what they're doing. I've done what they're doing, but I've hired them to do that. So I don't have to, so I can enjoy it, but also be supportive of them being like, I'm here to help you, but I'm not here to do it for you.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. I really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing all of your expertise with us. We appreciate it. Yeah,
2: I'd love to be in here. Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you for listening to another episode of the Companies to Watch show. We'll see you next time. All right, pause there. Is that okay?
0: Kevin Harrington here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Companies to Watch show. Now, if you're a successful entrepreneur, CEO, innovator, or startup on the rise, and you'd like to be considered for this program, please visit kevinharrington.tv slash podcast 2 slash apply. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you like to share this episode on your social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag, companies to watch show. My team and I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions and we are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes ahead just subscribe and your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to our website kevinherrington.tv or follow me on linkedin facebook or instagram thanks for listening we'll see you next time